Yeah, so we were going to do a round of the game. Yeah, right, it was so, so much fun all right, last time. That's and we're right. Do it holiday, again. Hallmark Holiday Movie Generator Game Round 2. Um, I've, I, I'm ready to go, but whenever you guys want to... Someone else start. I don't think I'm ready. Okay. Start. Why don't you start, Chris? Well, I got Joyful, Unexpected, and Gingerbread. Oh. So I'm going to do Joyful, Gingerbread, Unexpected. <laughs> um, joyful, Gingerbread, Colin, Unexpected. Oh, comma, Unexpected. <laughs> um, Sounds like where, you translated it from Japanese or something. Exactly. Well, it's going to be like the movie Chocola, except instead of with chocolate, she's making everyone <laughs> horny with gingerbread. LOL. <laughs> Um, and yeah, it will be like the, you know, a spicy drifter comes through town and really inspires her to make a passionate gingerbread, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Um, the original ways of the gingerbread. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Someone with, with the old knowledge. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he has ginger hair and he's very hard to catch. Hmm. I don't get it. Like the what? gingerbread man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've really thought, I don't know what I, mean, you I don't know. I don't know what you were doing either there. I was just like, like, what are you implying? Yeah, I was like, what is he, a selkie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't catch me. Escapes the waters. I'm a selkie. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah. Joyful gingerbread. Unexpected. You go. Okay. So I've got December and decorated. And I think it's going to be something <laughs> like 25 days of department store decorations mm-hmm. in December. <laughs> Maybe there's like a rival challenge of like we need better window displays. That's then. basically what it's going to be. It's going to have something to do with a woman who's like a window dresser for one of those downtown department stores, but like you know, like Hallmark small town downtown, sure. not like like not like so the, like so like Burlington, right? Not, not like the cosmopolitan downtown of New York City. Do That's you know a what this much. could be? What I think you should work in like a bit of Charlotte's Web here. <laughs> I think you should have it be like she's not supposed to do the window dressing, but like someone's doing these really amazing window dressings. And like every no day. one knows who it is. No one knows yeah. who it is. Yeah. That would be so right. much fun. That would be great. It'd be like, like a yeah. Cinderella thing almost. Where yes. It's like who does the window dressing? That's so perfect. Where she's like, yeah, she's working as like a low level <laughs> yeah. like something or other. And, and like the one CEO's night, son is like, I've got to find. Yeah, I've got to find out like who's doing these great window yeah. displays. Yeah, that's perfect. That's what it is. <laughs> this is really great, guys. It's called it's a frosty wedding. <laughs> <laughs> So they're covered in diamonds. Yep. Because yep. this is happening yeah, in the same universe frost- as How to Lose yeah, a Guy in Ten Days. Frosting themselves as uh, Let's frost ourselves with that D. <laughs> um, so I this is this is gonna be nuts, but this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so it is going to be uh, some sort of like like fairy esque thing where uh, there's some sort of marriage of convenience that has to happen because mm-hmm. of some like weird rule that is broken. Um, where like. This woman from the mundane world, like, does something accidental or whatever, um, and it stumbles into, like, some sort of, like, fairy or, like, winter or North Pole, like, nonsense, and, like, in order to, like, not suffer great consequences, this, like, guy, this, like, you know, weird guy out of nowhere and this, like, maybe, maybe she's, like... You know, taking like a trip to Iceland or somewhere mm-hmm. in the north for like for fun and vacation. She, she sort of stumbles into like winter wonderland or like Feywildy type t- territory, uh, and this guy has to like en- have an engagement with her to like s- make her not suffer like able to be su- suffering consequences. I like it, but he's kind of an asshole. Uh, but it turns out he's like the like either the heir like Jack Frost's son or something. <laughs> <laughs> sort of like. Actual like fae from some fae dynasty, and then she ends up living with him, and they and they actually fall in love. That sounds nice. Yeah, 
it'll it'll be like more of like a Jack Frost thing, I think, where it's because like, that was in that other movie on Netflix, right? Where like one of them was Jack Frost's son. Yes, one of them. Oh, it was. Yes. I was just thinking of this. And Santa girl, was a CEO. Girl Santa or Santa Girl or something. Santa like Girl. Yeah. Yeah. She says a couple of times, Christ. "The kids at college are just gonna think I'm some Santa Girl." God, that's yeah. the shittiest of the well, all. Isn't the like Santa business clearly inside someone's McMansion? <laughs> yeah. And it's like he's marrying his. He wants to marry his daughter off to the son of the CEO of Winter. Yeah. Something yeah. like that, but like Jack Frost's son is the villain. Like, where you like, right. he's like kind of a love interest, and you think, like, oh, it's like some other love interest, how sweet. And then he's like, no, spoiler alert, I'm Jack I'm Frost's evil. son. So I, yeah. I think it's gonna be like a sort of Rankin Bassey type world, like that, where like there is like Santa's village and stuff, but there's also like this, like they have to kind of get along with like the old ones, like mm-hmm. the older ways, like Jack Frost. Like, yeah, like the old, <laughs> the old Eldritch beings, and like. <laughs> The, the guy is from that world where he's just like, I just represent winter and being cold. And like, it's, you know, we're not as fun as Santa, I guess. <laughs> but you need us because yeah. otherwise you won't have summer. So um, kids don't seem to enjoy us, but I assure yeah, you. So it'll be like kind of like the lifetime version of like the, the Hades Persephone kind of man. <laughs> <laughs> yourself a merry little Christmas let your heart be light next year all our troubles will be out of sight welcome back to why did we watch this the podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled film and a themed cocktail talk about what worked what didn't and how they would fix it Uh, for our winter spectacular I am Chris I am Dottie Ravel. I am Lee, a beautiful movie trailer maker from L.A., Dylan Hansi. <laughs> and I am Brendan, Mr. Napkinhead. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Who's this? Give me my pipe so I can smoke. <laughs> I'm going to be doing the rest of this in character with, with Mr. Napkinhead, so please don't help me break character. I appreciate yeah. you went full method, so the sound yes. of the napkin on your face would be in there. To be, oh, Mr. Napkin. Chris, did you fall off your chair? Was it so funny? I am so <laughs> So funny. You were full of your chair. It's so funny. Well, if you, (laughs) as I'm sure you could tell by those nicknames and the fact that it is the holiday season, we did, of course, Nancy Myers, The The Holiday. Holiday From 2006, directed by Nancy Myers, as previously stated, starring Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, and Jack Black, and Eli Wallach is there too. Eli Wallach's there, Shin Sassamon, Edward Burns, Rufus Sewell. That's about it. That's about it. That's all that matters. Um, We, you know, we wanted a white Christmas, but not with snow necessarily, but just, with a lot of white people. Just in terms of, yeah, people and indoor decoration. <laughs> white, white, white. As white as we can get it. Um, yeah, it's it was quite a holiday treat. I, at least, to give some background for myself, I've, watched, I've seen this movie so many times, I could probably recite it myself, and I was legitimately into this movie when I was younger. I'm not anymore, but I was when I was... Despite being told to see this movie many times in the past three years, I saw it for the first time a week ago. <laughs> and and what a movie it was. What about you, Brendan? What was where did you come so from? So I saw with it this? actually the first time I saw it actually, it's weirdly fitting, is when Rich and I were going to LA on vacation. Uh, the November before COVID I think it was the November before COVID happened. We went to LA and we went to Disneyland. Um, 
and we were watching it on the plane to LA and like you know like half this movie takes place in LA it's about LA Christmas we were there in November it's very close to Christmas it felt very fitting so it has very positive connotations for me for that point uh, so it, it is a movie that I've seen several times since then but that was the first time I watched it did it have was Disney that... like done up for Christmas <laughs> yeah it was yeah was Disney it like it, it, like I think they start in October now yeah. which is like a little nuts That's weird. it's nuts to me that the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland in October is already ready for like the Jack Skellington Nightmare Before Christmas which is like if you want to go to the Haunted Mansion in October for Halloween. It's already done for Halloween Nightmare Before Christmas, which is absurd. I digress. That's weird. Well, it's kind I, of a yeah. crossover, isn't it? Though? It is. No, it is. And, like, I get that, but I think, like, wait until November. Yeah, you know, like, that's fair. Yeah, give us some time. Give me some time to enjoy Halloween on its own. Did the whole, like, plane and movie effect come in for you when you saw it? Like, did you enjoy the holiday more on the plane? <laughs> I mean, you did on the plane? I'm gonna, trapped. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna go on a little bit. I was probably a little buzzed. Uh, we were on a plane, so I was also probably, like, a little half asleep at the time, sure. I think, maybe. So, like, yeah, I remember like watching it and thinking like, yeah, it was fine. I enjoyed that. That was fun. To be frank, that's about the headspace. This is required a bit this of a sidebar, but does anyone else watch movies through other people's screens on planes? Oh, like, I'd love to like check yeah. out and see what yeah, other people are watching. I yeah. watched like mm-hmm. most of yesterday um, on the plane home from. Texas. <laughs> what, and what did you think? Yeah, um, I mean, it played. I like read the Wikipedia summary uh-huh. of the movie, and so I was like, yeah, that's the scene where he finds the other people that feels <laughs> exist. And I was like, ah, oh, he's visiting John Lennon. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. this all tracks. Yeah, I was like, I remember that from the Wikipedia summary. <laughs> it's like an okay movie. I never yeah, saw it. I don't care about the Beatles, so why would I see it? Well, before we get into. Like the, the the plot of it all. What did we drink? Uh, so yes, of course, it being December, a December to remember. And as we said previously, we've got three December drinks coming up. I don't mm-hmm. know what the other two are, but I know for sure that this one was a mulled wine because that's what we like to do. So I made Rose Hill Cottage Spiced Wine, which was two bottles of white wine. It was actually three because I brought a third one on the way over because I was worried that it would be too anisey, and so I wanted to cut that. Mm-hmm. Uh, three bottles of white wine, half a cup of Grand Marnier, half a cup of honey, one lemon, one orange, one piece of ginger, four cinnamon sticks, four star anise, 16 cloves, one teaspoon of peppercorns, and one sliced vanilla pod. And it's just, you know, you know how to make mulled wine. You throw them in a crock pot or a regular pot, let it cook, let it simmer for a while, and you get a delicious hot holiday drink. Typically, mulled wine is red. I know we discussed this before, but it was very fitting to have white wine for Nancy Myers. Right, because Nancy Myers loves white things. So we decided that it had to be a white mulled wine, which, like, I looked in advance because I wanted to make sure this was a thing and not just something that I was pulling out of my ass that would end up backfiring on me terribly. It is indeed a thing, not as common as red, of course, but you can do with white wine and uh lo and behold it was actually pretty tasty yeah it worked i mean uh, yeah I, it didn't taste that much appreciably different i think from a red mulled wine no. i mean because i think from cider right, right. no I, it looked very cidery like i was hoping it'd be a little bit more clear or pale but it was kind of brownish looking um and it, it did taste very citrusy which i assume is because again there were citrus fruits in it it was grand marnier and also i mean citrus fruits are kind of a christmas thing so mm-hmm. it made yeah. the most sense to I mean, throw it, them in at a certain point you're just gonna be tasting the cloves and right yeah you're just getting like fruit honey and like yeah. alcohol pretty much but which was lovely you know it is again like I love I love a mulled wine I want to try and make some over the Christmas break it, uh, it, it helped us feel cozy enough for this like nothing of a movie no I think it really it's, it's something that really lends itself to like the general uh, feel of this movie it is more of a feel than a narrative isn't it yes that's a lot of Nancy Marge movies to be fair are more of a feel than a narrative mm-hmm. speaking of what is this movie about what happened I'm glad you asked so the holiday 
Iris Simpkins, Kate Winslet, a society columnist for the Daily Telegraph in London, is still madly in love with her ex, Jasper Bloom, Rufus Sewell. Sewell? Sewell? Sewell. Sewell. Sewell? Okay, Sewell. Sewell. Despite the fact that he cheated on her and is emotionally yes. needy. Devastated to discover he's engaged, she decides to get away for the holidays. Amanda Woods, Cameron Diaz, a movie trailer producer in L.A., breaks up with her film composer boyfriend Ethan, Edward Burns, after he admits to cheating on her. Coming across Iris's list of her cottage on a home swap website, she messages her. They agree to switch houses for two weeks starting the next day. Iris happily settles into Amanda's large house, but Amanda decides she made a mistake and plans to return home the next day. But that night, Iris's handsome book editor brother, Graham, Jude Law, drops by after drinking too much at the local pub, asking to spend the night. Amanda agrees, and after they talk... No, that's poorly written. Amanda agrees, and after they talk, should be a comma. Graham unexpectedly kisses her on the lips. Then she suggests they have sex, as she does not expect to ever see him again. The next morning, despite having enjoyed their time together, they go their separate ways. That evening, Graham meets friends at the pub for dinner and sees Amanda there, having decided to stay. Iris meets Arthur Abbott, Eli Wallach, Amanda's elderly, Oscar-winning screenwriter neighbor from the Golden Age of Film. Over dinner, Iris tells Jeez. him about her troubles with Jasper. He gives her a long list of movies with strong female characters to watch so she can become, quote, the leading lady of her own life. Iris convinces Arthur to be the keynote speaker at a Writers Guild of America West Gala and exercises with him so he can walk on stage without his walker. She also befriends Miles, Jack Black, a colleague of Ethan's who is dating aspiring actress Maggie, Shannon Sossaman. While at the video store looking for movies on Arthur's list, she catches Maggie with another man. Iris explains her troubles with Jasper, and they have dinner together to bring each other's spirits up on Christmas Eve. Amanda opens up to Graham, telling him she has not cried since her parents' divorce when she was 15. Surprising him at his house, she discovers he is a widower with two young daughters. He keeps his daughters a secret because compartmentalizing his life helps him deal with the overwhelming responsibility of being a single working father. And he does not want to bring a woman into the girl's life unless they definitely have a future. They begin to think their relationship is more complicated than they can handle. As Nancy herself might say, it's, it's complicated. complicated. <laughs> On the day of the screenwriter's gala, Maggie asks Miles to take her back, but he refuses. Jasper surprises Iris by showing up at Amanda's, but... Drawing on the example from the woman from Arthur's films, she kicks him out. Scrootily do. Scrootily do. At the gala, Arthur walks on stage unassisted and Miles asks Iris out on a date for New Year's Eve. She agrees and kisses him. Meanwhile, Graham tells Amanda that he has fallen for her. And while she says she does not return the sentiment, they agree to try and make a long distance relationship work. While heading to the airport, Amanda breaks down crying that thing she couldn't do, remember? She runs back to the cottage and she and Graham make plans to spend New Year's Eve together with his daughters. On New Year's Eve, Iris, Amanda, Miles, and Graham, with all his daughters, happily celebrate at Graham's house. And yep. that's and then we the pull story. out the window. Yep, and that's the way the cookie <laughs> crumbles. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised at how, like, I don't know that I could add anything on to that. No, I mean, well, that's the thing. As we said, it's a very plot-light movie. It's yeah. more of a vibe than a movie, it's right? It's more of a, more of a, a, a series of very clean kitchens and interiors. Yes. Gorgeous kitchens. I mean, it doesn't need to be over two hours long for the plot that it has. Oh, now. no, of course. I mean, this is the thing. So this is the thing, too. I I was not super familiar with the filmography of Nancy Myers up until, like, a few years ago, I would say, when um, Rich and I decided to sort of just watch all her movies except for What Women Want, which I did not want to see. It's I have seen a little I know. I, I think that's, too. like, the one you've seen that I have not seen. I have, too, and yeah. it's, it's bleak. That's the one that she did not write. Sure, it's the only one. That's the only thing I know about is that from what you told me. The dog, how he hears female animals, which is insane. Insane. Because it's a poodle that has a French accent. Of course it does. He also overhears Judy Greer wanting to kill herself, and he, like, 
He sa- he saves her from her depression by offering her a promotion. I mean, that's fun, right? What yeah, fun? So we have fun. fun. <laughs> we have fun in Nancy so Myers Land. Fun. Um, but so I didn't watch that one because she hadn't written it. It was the only one she's directed that she had not also mm-hmm. written. But we watched everything else. And the thing that I had noticed, we watched um, Something's Gotta Give. Which do you guys have? You guys seen something? No, I'm you like with it. Diane Keaton, Jack Nicholson. You're familiar with it at all? No, like, vague, like your word exists. Yes. Okay. Amanda Peet's in it. So we were watching it. It was on a weekend where I was also like gradually getting sick throughout the night as we were watching it. And, like so, like I was not feeling well when we were watching this movie. At a certain point, I turned to Richard. Was like, this movie has to be done almost right. It's like it's ninety minutes in. Like this plot has to be wrapping up now. And there was like forty five minutes left of this movie. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is she doing? Like her movies have no discernible shape or to body. Really. It's right. It's almost fascinating how just like how Diffuse she blithely are. rejects the concept of a three X screenplay. And again, we're not saying that all movies need to follow this three X screenplay. But there are so many times when you're watching her movies that you're just thinking to yourself, like, what the fuck can possibly happen next? And like at least. With the holiday, I guess it's that there there is like a deadline, right? Because it's like at a certain point they'll move back to each other's well, houses. I don't know where they are in that right. timeline. Even on our way to that deadline, I'm not sure where we're right. At. No, at no point it am I. It seems like there's like three Christmas Eves in a row. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there are various points where it feels like they've been there for a month. It feels yeah. like they've been there for three days. The I'm not back sure. Back and forth between uh, time zones, I think, kind of fucks the viewing experience. I, I, I agree with you. I think it does. Like I compare it to Empire Strikes Back. Luke is training with Yoda on Dagobah, and Hannah and Leia are going to. Cloud City, but like Luke's been training with Yoda for I don't know two weeks, and Han and Leia have been flying for like two weeks. Then also, are you saying like like what is the timeline lining up here exactly? Let's actually then kind of maybe do a a quick description of like what is the Nancy Myers? Who who is Nancy Myers? Is she what is her what is her kind of movie? She's she's very rich. She's very rich. She's very white. Very white. She's a woman. Roast chicken. She loves a roast chicken. She's, she is very hung up on divorce. Divorce plays a major part in a in lot of her movies. movies. Yes. Is there a divorce in her life or something? She divorced her husband. Her okay. and her husband, Charles Shire was her husband, who was like another director slash writer. something we watched? Oh. I Love Trouble. Didn't he direct oh, did, I Love Trouble? Yes, yeah, because Nancy like has a producer and writer. And they wrote that together, Trouble. too. Yeah. Right, so this is weirdly like the spiritual sequel then to I Love Trouble. We've weirdly bookended it. We have. They, she got divorced from him, and I. it doesn't appear to have like drastically affected her children, but like... Nancy Myers seems to be existing under the assumption that, like, everyone is so distraught by this divorce that it's all they're thinking about all the time. Because in so many of her movies, divorce is, like, this specter that looms over all of the characters. Either, like, something from their past. Right. Or, like, it's something that could Or something, happen. like, presently happening. Like, I mean, it's complicated. It's all about, like, a divorce couple kind of reconciling. The parent trap, all about divorce, going into it. This is what it is. Something's got to give. Diane Keaton has an ex-husband who she's, like, kind of friends with, but also not really. So it's just, like, this is, this is her wheelhouse. Also, like you said, Enormous Kitchens. Enormous Kitchens. Crazy-ass kitchens. Like, the largest kitchens you've ever... I mean, I think this movie, actually, it's a really interesting dichotomy of, like, the two Nancy Myers aesthetic. On the one hand, you have, like, this cozy, quaint cottage, like, this charming, adorable little place in the middle of a scenic countryside. No one's around. You're all alone. There's animals and snow. It's lovely. Versus, like, this palatial house (laughs) in Los Angeles, which is, like, I don't know, the size of several malls, basically, put together. Well, and I feel like they... You're right. They they exist on two very polar opposite ends of the Nancy Myers spectrum. She thinks they're both equally wonderful right. but they're two different things for very different vibes very different reasons right. um i feel like a lot of the photography in all of her movies but i feel like it's very blatant in this one it's like almost like you're getting like a real estate walkthrough because they're just like <laughs> going through these rooms and my god right the yeah. size there, there are a lot of a pool well, yeah. like scenes of both of them touring their new house right, right. it's like oh there's a coffin bathtub in right yes right. exactly you're like touching the bathtub yeah. you're like oh my god yeah. it's so nice yeah. Specific instance, I would believe Cameron Diaz's house exists in real life. However, 
the cottage looked fully like a set. Well, the cottage was fake. That cottage is like the, the fakest. The like I'm just saying, it looked right. Quite even fake. the exterior is not real of that cottage. Um, that was <laughs> so. Uh, Paul, he hates this movie to absolute pieces, and one of the main sticking points with him is that he feels like everything looks very fake and plastic. Well, I mean, that's again, that's that's our gal Nancy. That's, that's our gal Nancy. That's how she do. But I feel like it's. The movie looks most plastic when we're in England, in the cottage specifically. I would agree, and I imagine that's mostly because, like, it was something that she constructed from the ground up. From, and also from her mind. Right. Yeah. As opposed to Cameron Diaz's house, which is probably, like, some real house in L.A. Yeah. That they are just shooting at it's for. It's hers. It could be one of her many houses. Well, she, didn't they, did they not shoot in the U.K. at all? They shot in the U.K., Why but it was just... just a, she has a perfect vision in she her head. cottages. She I know! Just, there are so many fucking adorable <laughs> cottages in yeah. the she U.K. She was carrying around a very specific Thomas Kincaid painting. Yes. Like, nope, not close <laughs> she enough. She was holding up the outside of the puzzle box, like, like plopping it down, <laughs> be like, mm, yeah. nope, doesn't quite fit. And so it was literally just the she could not, like, that was the location that she wanted, so she needed to have the cottage right there, so they had to build the cottage exteriors right there. I feel like that's in line with the other thing you told us while we were watching this. That she, the plants? She, she spent all of this money digitally replacing plants that she felt were too spiky in yes. a movie, and I'm like, yeah. that's such a waste of money for a detail that doesn't matter. Really. Right, I mean, so this is always one of those things that I wonder about, because with, with things like this, you wonder, like, how much of it dips into the sexism of, like, lady director being an ultimate perfectionist versus, like, if it's Kubrick or something, right? Everyone's I would like... find it weird then, too, no, I know, and I'm not saying that like we're overlooking that distinctly, but I'm also—it's just one of those like lines that you have to be very careful That's when you're walking. True. Are we hung up on this because she's being fucking nuts, which she is? Are we hung up on this because like it's a woman being fucking nuts? You know, where it's like if a man does this, is it okay? It's not. No. Are there any other like Nancy Myers like moves or pieces that we should note up at the top? I'm not the person. Yeah, Lee. Lee wouldn't really. I mean, what, what else have you seen of hers, Christine? So like, here's the movies that she did. The, directed Parent Trap, What Women Want, I've Something's Got to Give, The Holiday. Okay. It's Complicated, The Intern, and that's it. I've seen it, It's Complicated. I've seen The Holiday, obviously. Mm-hmm. I've seen What Women Want. Um, what was the first one you said? Parent Trap? I've seen Parent Trap. Yeah. It's possible What Women Want, but is the, is What Women Want is the only other one I I was going to say, I feel like that's a distinct possibility for it's you. It's a god-awful movie. It's very misogynistic. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I was a child. I know that's shocking <laughs> that a movie starring uh, Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson might, might be problematic be, in some way. Yeah. No. No. Um, but yeah, I would say like Nancy is a character, is a uh, director that is extremely tropey, and I would not necessarily say she's creative, but she knows what her formula is, who her right. audience is. And she fucking makes that money, honey. And right. it's also, you do have to kind of tip your hat to the fact that she really has, like, very clearly clarified what her brand is to the point that her own daughter makes movies in her style. Right, her, her daughter has made a Nancy Myers movie, I basically. I meant to ask, I meant to ask, like, are we... Am I, should I be holding off on that? I want. Yeah. I was curious to watch that one because you've talked about it a lot. But is that something you want to do in the podcast? Yeah. It was something I considered doing. So honestly, we could pencil in for next year at some point. I would not be. Can I talk to about how again. when I saw the trailer, I was convinced that this was some wild fancy Myers movie about a polyamorous relationship because no, it that's really a did seem that way. Yeah, no. It is. It, it for me when I saw it, I was like, "This is like a harem anime, right? <laughs> Live action." There are definitely there is but a Nancy Myers with lens. an older woman. <laughs> right. Too. I was like, "This is like a, a an older woman surrounded by a bunch of hot young guys in her house." Like, that, this no, is I mean that's perfect. That's it's a amazing. fantasy. Yeah, um, but it, it is. It, it's a movie that I enjoy, but it's not a movie that is also particularly good. So I think it is definitely <laughs> something uh, we could be doing. It is like the Nancy Myers stepdaughter movie, basically okay. at this point. Um, we'll have to check that out. I yeah. did end up listening to that blank check episode. So you mentioned where they say that it's like a Nancy Myers movie. He had a, he had a baby, <laughs> a baby that was also in a movie. Yes, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it truly is. Um, um, okay, so Nancy Myers, she has this look, I right. think. Um, and, like, I kind of... The thing is, I guess, like, I have to respect her for so aggressively knowing what her thing is yeah. and, like, sticking to it, you know? And, like, it's not really a thing that we do anymore, right? I mean, like, the thing is, I think, like, in a post... In a post or... In the midst of COVID world, we're seeing the movie industry, like, rapidly collapse and change around us, like, every single day. Yeah. And the hot, like, it's just to the point where it's, like, it is kind of terrifying to me to think that, like, oh, it is going to be, like, we just do big blockbuster movies released in theaters now from now on because no mm-hmm. one is seeing any of the smaller movies right no. now. And so it's just sort of, like... I, I, I bet I, Nancy would love to make a movie about right. this. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just saying I bet Nancy would like to make a movie. But the thing is, because what she does is so expensive, it's not like Netflix is going to be like, will you do a movie for $10 million? She'd be like, fuck no, I'm not doing a movie for $10 million. That's not my thing. I'll do it for 30 Right, exactly. Like, like, keep up in that budget, baby. I miss that. You know, like, I miss the fact that we once lived in a time where you could release something like this in a theater and people would see it. Yeah. And like, who knows? Maybe like 10 years from now, things will be different so again. Nancy Myers. I'm sure she does. She really- I, I think I'm sure Nancy's also doing pretty okay for herself. So she's probably uh, quite content. On her pile of money. Yes, on her bed of money. Uh, dancing around to uh, Mr. Brightside in her house. <laughs> no, I think whatever... I mean, I have plenty of criticisms for like her style and her moves. But I actually think, too, to your kind of point about the sexism thing, she is, when you think about it, by our... I think our culture's definition, an auteur. You know yeah. you know her movies. It is. They have her fingerprint. And it's a very... Dis- it's a very, like... Uh, distinguishable one? Is that what I'm looking for? Distinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so as you kind of mentioned a little bit too, we got two kitchens kind of showing us the two worlds. Right, and that's a tale of two kitchens. A tale of two kitchens, a tale of two plots. The two genders. (laughs) Small, cozy (laughs) kitchen, the large, white, expensive kitchen. Um, yeah, because our story is split between L.A. Right. And, and London. Right. So we, or, well, not London. Yeah. England, 40 yeah. minutes outside. 40 minutes outside of London, Surrey. Um, with, with a cozy cottage versus a large, enormous, like expensive. Like slate mansion. Yeah. With remote controls and big theater screens. And I mean, like it's basically every, it's, they're both the prototypical versions of what you might be expecting. Right. And I mean, also, like, like, you know, whether it's based in Long Island, like something's got to give, or whether it's based on the West Coast, like this, or Father of the Bride. Always rich areas. Right. You get you get very sort of similar aesthetics. Like whether they could be in suburbs, they could be in the middle of Los Angeles, but you're still going to get like a house that looks like this, that feels like the prototypical Nancy Myers house. If I'm being quiet, it's because I, I really have nothing to say. No, about I know. I know. Kitchens or houses. That's fine. What do we want to talk about the movie? Let's, yeah, I'm sorry. I won't keep, I won't keep belaboring this point. Let's, I think it's I'm just... Not, yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm not the person you to talk let's, about. Let's get into the plots, because we have two characters, Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz, who have Kate, names in the movie. But Simpke. Iris, I don't know. I Iris, Amanda. Iris Simpkins and Amanda Woods. Because remember, it's Amanda Woods. Is Amanda that, Woods is, is that one is that one, is that one is word? That one word? Yeah. Ha 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 ha. Oh, dude. Um, hey Jude, mean, but oh Jude, hey Jude, Jude is looking <laughs> mighty fine. Oh yeah, movie, no, as, like we're not gonna, to. yeah, we're not gonna mince words. Um, but basically, um, around the same time, Kate Winslet is. Uh, kind of has her heart broken by Rufus Sewell at work in the weirdest moment. Right, where the weirdest moment like, where her bot, like, boss like explicitly calls her out and is like, "Hey, here's a scoop for you, woman who writes well, about wedding announcements." And then, but just also like, why are they announcing this wedding at work? They I mean, assembled oh, the entire. Here's the, so, I, I get, I get, I I don't have a problem with the fact that the boss is like. Big news, these people who we work with are getting married. Like, that's thoroughly fine. I think it's weird that he drags Kate Winslet into it. Whether or not he knows that Kate Winslet once dated this person, I still think it's weird to be like, hey, Kate Winslet, here's a 
scoop for you. A new wedding. Right. There's no way that the, the office gossip hasn't spread because the other right. woman that she works with is well aware of it. That's also, true. She's so fucking she cannot stop staring at him. Just, like, it's very obvious. Like, that's got to come in her performance report or something where that guy says and, to be like, you've just been crying in your office well, looking at Rufus Sewell. Yeah, yeah. Her expression is always like wilting too whenever she's... And it's always this very like sad, tender look on her face just like... Yeah. <sighs> I mean, it, she doesn't just her heart breaking, but it's like her heart has been breaking steadily for three years because she will not get over it. Right, she refuses to move on in any yeah. way. And Rufus Sewell just wants her because she's like a really handy She's a good editor. editor? Yeah, I think she's a good editor is his point. Yeah, and he just like strings her along right. easily. It's very easy for him to do this. Right, and like let's like his, his character is like a total crumb bum. Like, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. Like, there's no redeeming. Like, no. It, it would be one thing if his character was sort of like... Like I had said, like if he's charming in a way that he doesn't realize he's being destructive, or or like you know, like it's sort of like an unintentional stringing her along. He seems but like aware, he's though. manipulative. He's like outright uh, like the villain of this yeah, movie. Yeah, and it's transparent that he is, and so it's right. hard to see where she's coming from. Right. No, I agree with you. Like it just it, it it's one of those things that like makes Kate Winslet's character seem like a dummy right <laughs> off the bat because she just like refuses to get over this guy who is plainly stringing her along. And like yeah. I get it, relationships are complicated, emotions are complicated. Like you can't always just suddenly decide to be like. I'm done feeling things for you, but nonetheless, you can choose to, like, extract yourself from a situation and stop trying to be involved in it. Presumably over three years, I figure you would have gotten banged something up emotionally can't. enough to be right. like, hey, no more. Yeah. Right, no, it's like she, she's just like a glutton for punishment and or no something. And no one around her has, has managed to tell her anything useful. But even that, like, right, hey, even the brassy office friends. Yeah, it's so and she also mentions later on that she's been in therapy for three years or something, and like I'd find a new therapist. I think huh? like yeah, I don't think your therapist is. I think your therapist is also stringing you along a little bit here. Yes. Um, and then meanwhile, Amanda Woods in L.A. Amanda Woods, fresh off her hot career making trailers, is a movie, movie trailer maker with um, with, with John Krasinski and Catherine Hahn. So my summary of this character, based on what I see, what. Just not what Nancy Myers is trying to sell mm-hmm. me to, but what I see is yeah. <laughs> somebody who probably has a terminal illness. And, it's like a tumor pressing Yeah, the and, and it's also potentially is, is having like dissociative episodes. Where she, yes, where she imagines her life as a movie trailer. Her life as a movie trailer. Right, so let's Which be clear. Which I'm sure Nancy Myers thought was so... Yeah. I don't think and that's about. I kind of right. once because of it. That's <laughs> the thing. Yes. I I like the movie trailer thing as a conceit. I feel like the movie doesn't do it enough to make it consistently a thing. Like it happens like three times. I think right. Like it happens twice when she's like going to England, and then it, it happens, happens like briefly. Four times. Well, it happens briefly. I think at the airport, and then it happens briefly at the end, wherever she's running away, and it's like, "Welcome back, Amanda right. Woods," yeah. which is okay, fine. Like you're not really leaning into this thing, but you're doing it a little bit. Commit one way or the other is what I would kind of said. But the, the the red flags that you were saying for Cameron Diaz's character. So, like, one, we established from the get-go she can't cry. cry. It's impossible for her to cry. Which, like, there is a fine line, I think, between being so, again, psychologically broken by her parents' divorce right. that you're unable to cry but versus, like, her, which feels like there's something, like, physically wrong with her I that love, will not allow her to cry. I love that in Nancy Meyers' mind, though, she was like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, well, divorce. Instead that'll, her, that'll do it. It emotionally killed her. <laughs> instead, her emotions manifest as esophageal spasms. Yes! Where, and it, whatever she has, it, it really feels like she's about to have a heart attack. Right, no, yeah, no, I mean, because she does the movie, the movie visual cues of, yeah. like, a <gasps> tragic gonna, illness. Yeah, I'm going to need to go to the hospital. Yes, exactly. By act yeah. three, I'm going to be in a hospital yeah. bed. Um, but anyway, yeah, like, um, her boyfriend... Is it just an <laughs> asshole? Edward Burns, who's... Just really, like, a, a garden variety Right, asshole. and, like, whereas opposed to, like, Rufus Sewell, who's, like, a charming asshole... Well, and there's also, like, more texture and detail to, like, what their deal is. In, right. In the case of... 
Cameron Diaz and Edward Burns, you're just like, oh, he's a dick. and Right, he just... had an affair with his secretary or something. Yeah, yeah. and, and like, once he's gone, it. he's gone. Right, they no. even give him like this like New York accent where he's like, ah, well, you don't want full play, I don't want to fuck you then. I'm yeah, gonna, hey, I don't I'm need it. I'm going to go hey. my secretary. Yeah, I'm walking here. You got to loosen up, Cameron Diaz. Dammer, <laughs> dear we are. Like, they really make no, they make actually an intentional effort to make him seem as much of an asshole yeah, as Yeah, they really do. So I guess you don't think twice when he's not there anymore. You're just like, thank God. Yeah, yeah. But, but in that, case then it just leaves you wondering what the how the fuck do they ever have any kind of relationship if this is the kind right. of asshole he is all the time right because you never the only time you see them prior to this they're both in a car and like and she gives right perfect. right they're not saying anything she kind of gives him a look which makes it feel like she knows that something's up but like it's not like they're arguing it's not like they're like you yeah. see or contrary it's not like you see them you know in love holding hands walking down the street or something it's like it looks like two people who like Never should have been together Ever. in the first place, and like, if eventually finally came to that inscrutable I mean, yeah. conclusion. There's sort of a lot of that happening because Kate Winslet and Rufus Sewell obviously weren't going to end up together. It's also super clear from the very beginning that Jack Black's girlfriend right. is also like very clearly right. going to be. Which you can tell him. because Jack Black is listening to Ennio Morricone music in the car, and he's like, "Listen to this part." And, and she's Sussman, just like, "And she's like, I'm on the phone. I have to. I don't really feel." bad for Jack Black in that scene. Like, um, I feel like the movie wants you to be like, oh, she's so, like, she doesn't get his his wants or his well, interests at all. But, like, maybe she has an important phone call she has to make, and her dumb boyfriend is sitting next to her being like, but listen listen to the flutes on this part. And, like, she's probably calling someone for work. She's only there to, I guess, just sort of, like, delay she's Jack an Black obstacle. and Kate Winslet right. I guess, but, together. yeah, I don't... It's, uh, she, she's a huge problem for me. No, yeah. I, I agree. Her like, presence is a huge Yeah, I, I agree. We, we had talked about this before, yeah. but, like, she, if the movie had... It, gotten rid of Rufus Sewell and Shannon Sossman completely make a lot more sense. I would be a lot more cool with that entire plot Me because too. Yeah. it feels like like Jack Black and Kate Winslet are like the saddest sacks ever to exist really who are. like cannot extract themselves from these horrible relationships so now they're just going to be codependent and weak to right that's care. what I'm saying that's like I don't think these characters have grown on their own really it's like they're both yeah. going to be like awful together and never going to really grow in any meaningful way yeah. they're going to uh, project those same insecurities onto each other right and yes. Kate Winslet is spending a lot of time with Jack Black but also Eli like Wallach, um, right. yeah. Then you go. They, okay, they yeah. sort of like kind of give you the vague episodes that deliver the plot. Yeah. So yes. the other big arc of of Kate Winslet going to L.A. is, and this is another red flag that I had in my brain when I watched <laughs> yes. it, is like she is driving along and she sees a confused old man in a walker in the middle on the of side of the right, street. like like yeah. like just staring confused. Yeah. yeah. And and he uh, gets out and is like, "Do you need a ride?" And he can't remember where he lives. And I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" There's an Alzheimer's patient in this movie. Yeah. What a bummer. Right. And it, no, it just turns out it's not really. He's just he legitimately. Con- yeah. He's just legitimately. Was. I guess kind of confused as yeah. to where the house well, is. Then they are. get him back and he can't even hold the key. Right. He's so old that his hands are so unsteady that he like can't he, put the keys yeah. into the slot. He, he's mainly a vehicle so that Nancy Myers can tell you how much better movies were. You're right, movies were back, much better. Back when. Right, yeah. in the 40s when it was just white yeah, people. Yeah, when there was, yeah. A bunch of, like, sexist sexism, men. Yeah, <laughs> women were getting their asses pinched. What time Hollywood was. Yeah, then. everything was so much better back then. It's, yeah. That's what actually kind of stuck out to me the most was just how, like, Earnest and completely uncritical. Oh yeah, was. yeah. Just, because like, there's those scene where all the other old fogies were there, and like they're talking about like that, that someone's wife or something. Yeah, like, well, oh, she had a great wife. something, yeah. and then he's like, it was a great, great pair great, of legs, great, great laugh, laugh, a great laugh. Yeah. He says, what did you say? A great ass. Like, what did he say? Great ass. Well, she had a great ass. She had a great too. ass too. Like, Jesus ew, okay. Well, right. meanwhile, like Kate Winslet is just like. <laughs> 
sexism. Yeah, Black is like, oh, you naughty old man. <laughs> That's actually a lot of what Kate Winslet does, is just laughing at ridiculous things men say. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, to be fair, a lot of Eli Wallach's dialogue is just like, back when I was young, movies were exactly. X, and now they were Y. Or back when I moved in here, there were less houses. Can you believe it? I kind of love the idea that, like, that Writers Guild gala or they're having for him like the audience realizes gradually like minutes into it that it's just gonna be Eli Wallach talking for 90 minutes be like when I was young there was one picture released every month now there's nine how can you make so many pictures the audience is like oh my god and you any know, more minutes of this why did we invite this guy <laughs> everyone's slowly sneaking out the doors yeah. oh my god yeah and that that whole monologue about like it has to make this amount of money in the opening weekend or, or it's, it's the flop dead yeah and you're it's just like yep yeah, okay but yeah thanks grandpa I don't really it's the thing. I actually don't know why that's in the movie. I, I couldn't tell you why. What specifically? Like, to hold forth why the, there's an arc of, like, her making friends with this old guy. Like, it's nice, but I don't know why it's in the movie. Yeah, I guess... So what what I guess I would think it would be is it, if it were something like... I kind of almost feel like the movie's leading up to Kate Winslet committing to stay in L.A., which, like, I think she could do, because yeah. it doesn't feel like she has a life in London aside from her brother, really. And so, like, it almost feels like this would make sense if she was deciding to live there because that's like, look, you have a built-in support system. Mm-hmm. You've got a friend in Eli Wallach. You've got Jack Black, your love interest. Yeah. That makes sense. But as it is, it is kind of just a little bit like, well, I guess we're just seeing her make friends for two hours. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not like... She doesn't really learn anything from Eli Wallach, really. Well, well but she, they tell the you movie she wants is you to think because she's learning from all those movies yeah. that he's been um, given. Right. It, it's a lot of it's a lot of like tell don't show where she's yeah. just like I watched all these movies. They're good movies. The women are so strong. They have such gumption. Watching any of them. Well, we see them watching His Girl Friday briefly like, on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Uh, oddly, enough. I thought that was Cameron Diaz. I thought that was Cameron Diaz. Mm, no, too. Was, maybe it was. Yeah, no, it's it's a Cameron Diaz's house, but no, it's okay. that because her house is full of Sony properties. It is. Um, well, but yeah, I don't, I mean, I, so I guess there's that. And like Eli Wallach, I guess, learns to fucking go to the award show and that's about it. Right. She helps him locker. walk, which yeah. is also kind of like, as that's happening, part of me is kind of like, well, maybe you need the walker. Like, I, I don't want to be like, maybe there's a well, reason. There's... It's not just that like you're lazy and don't feel like walking. Maybe it's that like you're 80 years old and you need something to help you stand up. And well, I kind definitely of. definitely is like old people, like they probably do need to like learn some independence, right? Like there, I right. think there's a happy medium there. I could, I. I, I agree that, like, it's not talked about in the movie because they're too busy talking about what Hollywood was like in the oh, 40s. the best. <laughs> but, like, there probably was a, a very reasonable storyline in there about how, like, the doctor says he should try to walk a mile a day. Right. And he just doesn't want doesn't to. Doesn't want to. Yeah, no. I, yeah. yeah, that, I mean... That would be a good detail to include. Instead, of we get a, like Cameron Diaz like making eyes at a dog for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, which is it's, it's There's so, so, so it's two, over two hours long. Yeah, no, so much nothing. Long happens. stretches right. of the movie, like watching uh, Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet chat online was so fucking boring. Well, I mean, we were t- we were chatting during the scene where Cameron Diaz was getting broken up, and like five minutes later, they they're were still, still fighting. <laughs> like, they're still like, yelling at each other. How was your breakup lasting this fucking, long? You're a fucking catalyst. Get yeah. out of okay, here. Okay, awesome. So speaking <laughs> of, she ends up with Jude Law, who... Is daddy. Who He, he is <laughs> daddy. daddy. Um, and even though his character is confounding and it's never explained why he thinks the fact he has a pair of perfectly <laughs> oh, adorable okay. girls yeah. is somehow yeah. a problem, um, 
he, even though all of that is quite silly, he is irresistibly hot in Here's this. Here's the thing about this, is that Nancy Myers is, I don't, like, again, I don't want to insult Nancy Myers, but she, it's stupid. It's just stupid that they both do this. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I don't care about Nancy Myers. I don't really, I'm not really going to protect her. And, <laughs> and, um, you protect a rich white woman. No, no we must stop. We must protect Nancy. <laughs> Sheave your arrows. But, <laughs> Nancy, we must protect. <laughs> but... Well, the obvious, the obvious thing that Jude Law should have been doing in this movie is using his children as a shield because he is still grieving his wife. Obviously, yeah, yeah and exactly. That, that it never comes up. Which, like, by the, the way, that, like, would have played out fine because she only died two years ago. Yeah, the idea that he's like saying to himself, like, "Oh, the kids, nobody's gonna want me because right. I have kids." Yeah, but really, the kids are a great excuse to not get yourself out there again. Right, I agree because he does have this thing where he's he he has like a throw line where he says something about like, "I didn't think I would fall in love again." Like, okay, fine, but like you're just kind of saying that at the last minute here. It is literally like Jude Law in this movie thinks his children are a burden. That no, like he so. doesn't want to wish onto other people. Yeah. Cameron Diaz meets them and is like, oh hey, you're cool, you're cool kids. Well, we're getting along when fine. When you meet them, they're like impossible cherubs. Oh yeah. I mean them. I mean yeah they were developed in the Jim Henson creature shop yeah. or something. And what what I hate about it is also that Cameron Diaz is not awkward with them at all. Even though she by all right should be because she's a disaster woman. <laughs> I think yeah no I agree that there should be like more of a learning curve with the children yeah. or but something. But there's not she's just totally like yep Cool. Yeah, like, because I, I, the one thing that I do kind of like, and the movie doesn't really do anything with it, but it's sort of there, is because she goes to Jude Law's house, like, thinking that, like, he's going to be there by himself and they're going to have, like, a fun little night together. Mm-hmm. And so she shows up with, like, a bag of crap from a store, like, with, like, bread and wine and all sorts of shit like that. The kids are going through it, like, oh, did you did you bring us presents, Cameron Diaz? And she's like, yes, except for the wine. That's for, like, that's for me or something like that. And so, like, I would kind of like this idea of, like, Cameron Diaz is, like, trying to bond with her children, like, giving them, like, olives stuffed with cheese or something like, like <laughs> these are good we eat these all the time where I'm from the these? kids are just like no terrible chicken nuggets right. like dinosaurs you yes. don't want to eat these fancy dates yeah I think like again you can have like a curve there where Cameron right. Diaz like yeah. learns to get the but children listen, what I think it could be like is again I think the classic thing there would be that Cameron Diaz thinks that she has to like talk down to the kids right like they happen to think that, like, the movie trailer for, like, an action movie is really cool or whatever, mm-hmm. and, like, they're like, oh, okay. Wouldn't that be hilarious if that's when she, like, plays bitch and she's, like, a terrible stepmother to them or something? <laughs> like, an evil stepmother. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's... it's She even processes the whole, like, oh, those aren't other women you're seeing bit kind of like just in a really chill way and I guess just because ultimately in a Nancy Myers film there can be no real conflict well she knows that they're the same name she knows it's the name oh I know but I'm just saying she's just like oh okay then okay like there's really no like well I mean yeah because I mean it does seem to imply that I guess Jude Law has never been with another woman or something well the other thing he keeps saying well he doesn't keep saying he doesn't once very early on is this notion that like I seem to hurt women by being myself which is another like that's probably not what's going on yeah yeah. I doubt that yeah. You're, you're like an absolute sweetheart. You're right. also I mean, that's the thing. because You are perfect. I mean, and the reason why that comes into play is because the movie, of course, is doing a switcheroo where it's pulling out the rug beneath your yeah. feet. Where Jude Law shows up and you think like, oh, it's it's a Jude Law character. He's like this charming he's a single cat, right? Like he like he goes yeah. through women every single night. He's But he's like so hot and funny, but like he just can't bring himself to commit to anyone. Then you find out like, no, that's not who Jude Law is at all. Who Jude Law actually is is like a devoted father to his daughters, it's which a, is just like, I get that the movie wants you to have like this moment where it's like, oh, there are more dimensions to this character, but instead it truly just sort of feels like he becomes a different Jude Law. It's, yeah. um, it's the it's the, the the Christmas prince all over again, where they're like, right. the bad boy prince. Right. He's still healthy he has a beard. Puppies. Yes. He has a beard and goes to the beach all day. Yeah. What a rotten you know, prince. A, that line is like a fascinating thing that I wish we dove, we dove into more, because I want to know what's really going on. It's right. not that. 
Is he hurting women because he's lying about the kids because he thinks... Because, again, the kids are, like, his invisible shield against getting close to women. Right. Is he hurting women by, by, like, refusing to open up to them, basically? Is that what's happening? Yeah. I want to know. I wish we actually dealt with that in the movie. Right. And, I mean, it does kind of feel like, also, like, alternatively, even if it wasn't just that Jude Law doesn't want to get close to another woman because his wife died two years ago, it could be that, like, Jude Law, kind of like what it says in the Wikipedia synopsis, that he's so aggressively compartmentalizing his life mm-hmm. that he, like, doesn't want there to be another woman with him and his daughter where he's just kind of like I don't want to get close to another woman because like this is like I have two personas I have Jude Law and I have Daddy and like daddy. I cannot have a woman coming into the Daddy persona right like <laughs> Daddy is always the one to come in never yes. come into the Daddy never come into Daddy um I feel like though all of that has too much like texture and that's too dark for a Nancy Myers film. It all yeah. has to be the most coziest warm water reason why this thing seemed bad but was actually fine. Right. I mean a lot of to be fair, a lot of like the relationship dramas in Nancy Myers movie are just like like why aren't these two people together? Well, they couldn't really commit to it. Right. Like they just didn't really feel like it. Well, and, and then similarly, they did. just like I guess Rufus Sewell sticks around a little bit more, but you never really have a doubt that she's gonna break away from him eventually. Like none of the drama in this actually feels like drama. Right, no, and I mean like that's why I said earlier when I was talking with Leah that like like if both if Jack Black's ex and Kate Winslet's ex, I mean they're their the girlfriends if they're out of the pictures it'd be so much better because yeah. like it's one of the things that I hate so much in rom-coms where you're like spinning your wheels spending time with someone who they're clearly not going to end up with just like we have to do this dance we have to pretend like there might be something between them they have to come back in act three to pretend like oh I'm a better person now and right. I want you again and you have to seriously pretend like oh who will they pick will they pick like the new person who I saw on the poster or will they pick their ex who I didn't see on the poster yeah. it's like I get it okay well, yeah also I uh, Rufus Sewell is, is one thing but I think that it's really bizarre again I guess you could have like platonic friendships with women mm-hmm. in the movie but I don't think that I'd never like part of it's because it's the lens of a rom com type movie but like I never interpret anything that Jack Black does towards Kate Winslet as platonic it definitely seems oh yeah I mean well he like kisses her right yeah. like on the cheek to be fair but like he does it yeah, twice on the lips I thought it was on one cheek and then the other I cheek. I forget what he does. But he, Either he, way, he kisses her. And he it's keeps fine. hanging out with her, and it's, it just it, he, he'll say things like, oh, you look great, you look beautiful. Yeah. It feels like he crosses the line for someone who... No, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. It feels like he he also, like, both he and Shannon Sussman have, like, one foot out the door in their relationship, yeah. and neither one wants to be the one to step up and yeah. be like, hey, and we then, should call it quits. And then he finds her with someone else, and he's like... Oh, <gasps> How could you? For, like, someone who's clearly been playing yeah no i, I agree okay, jack black is at least having an emotional affair yeah, yeah. unquestionably yeah yeah but in nancy meyer's world it's okay because shannon sossman is a shallow hot bitch that's true yeah. did you wait you saw did you see it's complicated yes okay you remember um what's what's her fucking name agnes alec baldwin's new wife oh yeah who, who was like i can't remember who it was but she's just like comedically like a supermodel yeah she's just like some weird oh she's just like some weird stereotype of like a younger awful person yeah it's great which i feel like shannon it's Sossman's, like Belle. Bell? I'm pretty sure it's Lake Bell. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I think it's like Bell. No, it's I was Lake like, screenplay. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, are we talking about... Can we, can we, yeah, can we talk about that again? Are we are we in a healthy place to discuss Bell? <laughs> We're so scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no. yeah, no, it is, it is Lake Bell as Agnes. Yeah. A couple of Caesars. Yeah, can you go get us some Caesars? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it feels like Shannon Sossaman, in some respects, is like the proto-Lake Bell Agnes character, yeah. where it's like, she's almost kind of like this crazy bitch, You're but also, like, you don't really spend enough time with her to like know who she well, is. You're also genuinely not supposed to care about her feelings right. to the point where you're worried about her being hurt in that situation because she's too hot and shallow and right. young. One those the, dumb bitches. One of the things I love about, the, like, there's that 
like quasi reconciliation scene between her and Jack Black toward the end where like she's crying and Jack Black is just like sitting on the couch like oh my just god sort of, like, like, it in. and she's just like did you ever make a mistake and everyone wanted back to you and like the score is overpowering her dialogue to the point that like I can't quite make out what she's saying sometimes she matters so like, little in the scene that you don't even need to hear yeah, what she's I saying I think that that's the movie doing that like I think that that's intentional like, you're just I, I agree yeah, yeah it, it's just it's sort of like the movie at this point is like throwing some beer and being like look we you're get it sto- she doesn't matter hearing Jack Black's emotional turmoil yeah so. yeah he just doesn't care about dun, her at this dun, point dun. which again but and again if like if that is the case which I think it is the case why are we spending time like even contemplating the possibility that Jack Black might <laughs> want to go back to her. I don't know why he goes. I don't know why he's like, no, I'm not going to fucking meet up with you. Yeah, no, like, you, you think, like, that should be the thing that he yeah, says on the phone right. immediately. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. We don't like, need to do that. Right, there's nothing There's nothing else yeah. I have to say here. I'll be back and get my stuff in a week or something. Him going kind of shows he's still pathetic enough to come when she calls. Yeah. Um, we've kind of gone through characters, but is there anything we want to say about them that we haven't already? Well, I feel like like it's more of like an actor slash character oh, sure. thing to discuss yeah. at this point. Which um, uh, let's I guess start with Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, since she I guess is the first one we hear in this movie. Yeah, um, in, via voiceover. I feel like I'm going to say this for most of our lead actors in this movie, but the material for her character is awful. But I think she does the best someone could do with it. Yeah. I sh- think Kate Winslet has a history of playing characters that annoy me. Who okay. else? Who else? Um, I fucking hate the younger sister in Tenth Sensibility and I always will. <laughs> I mean, she's really bitch. annoying. Yeah. Yeah. When Alan Rickman is clearly the hottest one the whole time. And like the choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never actually seen that one. She just like one. it's it's a it's a it's a hard performance I think for us to really like enjoy because she's so aggressively spineless right. and pathetic. Like, just... It's very Jennifer Goodwin in um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's I don't a... even know what you're talking to me. I'm right. not hot. It, it's oh, it's God, yeah. <laughs> it, it is it is like one of those things also where the movie like I, I guess because she has low self-esteem, she's supposed to be unattractive in, in a, like, kind of a sense. I get, but honestly, like, that's not inaccurate. Right, but yeah. she's Kate Winslet, so she's not attractive. <laughs> she's gorgeous. Um, so I, 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 that's 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 a bit of a hard pill to swallow, I think, for me right there. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do agree with you. She's just, she's a fucking wet sock in this movie. And it's just like... She it's, just met another wet sock. Right, and it's nothing, it's not like entertaining or enjoyable or interesting to see a woman just like refuse to make a decision <laughs> for two hours you know like to refuse to stand up for herself in any way and I guess like and it's three years right that's too right. long and that's what, like I think that maybe there's a way to do it I mean I'm sure I'm not gonna say maybe there is a way to do it and make it interesting where like for some reason this woman is unable to stand up to this guy and, like I'm sure there's a way you well, could psychologically okay. make this interesting I said this to I said this um, to Faith who I was watching this for yeah, the yeah. first time but a movie that does this well is um What's the fuck? My God! I just blanked. I just blanked on it. Jason Sudeikis and Community Lady. Oh, sleeping with other people. Sleeping with other people. Uh, Alison yeah. Brie does yeah. this very well. Right, right. Where it's like two like broken people. Yeah. yeah, and and in particular, she has been like continually strung along by um, Adam Scott's yeah. character right. for like many many years. And, right. Like, it brings on like panic attacks when he calls because she like knows she's not going to be able to like, res- and that is like an example of that done well in a in a way that's like researched and like <clears throat> and like human, yeah. right? I mean, do you think it's also just because that like. Alison Brie doesn't spend half the movie just like sobbing hysterically. <laughs> yeah, the, other, the rest of it, she's still a like a normal, functional character. like yeah. person, which you don't see. Like you see a little bit of Kate Winslet like when she gets to LA, and she's like, "Wow, what a big house! I love being in LA." And you see a little bit of that with like Eli Wallach, but then half the time also it's her being like, "Like I'm so miserable." Yeah. Or ha ha ha, 
you, man. You're so funny. I mean, yeah. she manages to be like like a preschool teacher or something. Basically, and also, like, she's, I mean, I remember she like enchants a whole party of small children. Right by like stripping. By, by doing like yeah. A, yeah, a weird dance with them. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. takes like her, her like top shirt off, but she's yeah. wearing like a tank top. Right, right, right. I uh, no, that's that's actually that's a really good. But, but they're also on mushrooms during that party. Yes. I, I like forgot say, that. They that's... took mushrooms before the kids. Right, party. that's a right. High, yeah, but that's... she still does this like very wholesome dance with the children and makes them all enraptured with her. Yes, um, I forgot about that. That's it's crazy. a good movie. It's yeah. a really good movie, and it does uh, like unhealthy. Yeah, I, I was good. That, that's like a good. It, it's a good, good illustration kind of, of like point. a broken person yeah. who can still manage to like function in society. Like, and you you know, it, it's it's a yeah. better way of showing how someone can be hung up on someone for so many years. And not just be like this sobby like blob of a yeah. woman who and, just like and also someone breaks who's down. like trying to break out of right. this and like taking a reasonable amount of time to do that. Yeah, like, yeah, doing it in a way that's like clearly they're struggling, but like it's they're they're making progress. I think part of the issue too though is Alison Brie was playing like a character, like one that had like you know traits, yeah, and yeah texture, no, yeah. dimension. It was written dimension. by someone who had gone through a lot of similar experiences. Right. So. However. Um, uh, uh, Kate Winslet is playing an archetype. Everyone is an archetype. In right. Movie. And I mean, it's also like, uh, again, when she has the revelation with Rufus Sewell at the end, wherever, when, when they're like about to kiss and she says something like, oh, so did you break up with what's her face? And he's like, like, well, I'm here, aren't I? And all of a sudden she's like, didn't quite answer my Just question. Like a fairy trap. Like, right. ah, you didn't. Yes, ah. Yeah. <laughs> You're both nice. I, yes, I've beaten you by your own logic once again. Yeah. It's, but it's you just cannot kind of, tell a lie, but yes. you, you lied by but you Yes. Which is just like, like there, there's a way that you can build up her character to this point. But again, so much of it is like where you have them always talking about how Eli Wallach is saying, like, watch these movies about like tough, old fashioned broads. Brassy ladies. And all it is is like them talking about where Kate Winslet's like, yeah, they're such good movies. They're such strong women. They're great. I love them. And then like all of a sudden it's like, but why does it click in this scene? You know, like what is it about this right. moment that suddenly makes it click? What if for she you? like looks over Rufus Sewell's shoulder and there's like the cover of like um, his girlfriend, this, the Lady Eve or something? Yeah, I mean, honest to God, that would be fine. You and know, like, it weeks. would be like it'd be such an obvious way to do it, but like yeah. it would be something. You know, yeah, it would at least make a dot. Right, well, like it would at least draw the connection between yeah. right. like, what she's seeing here. Pull that theme through for yeah, her. Yeah, right, exactly. Or I mean, even if she's like like she was watching it when Rufus Sewell shows up, <laughs> and like she love it if there's just like a portrait of Barbara Stanwyck, <laughs> Cameron like, Diaz, zooming down at her, <laughs> just like glaring at she her, has, like a nine foot tall, <laughs> low painting of Barbara Stanwyck with her hands on her hips, Nobody glaring at her. She comes comes to life, breathing, and does like a hey hey hey. <laughs> you better toughen up. Yeah. I was like, why can't we even buy that painting? No, no, no. <laughs> um, I guess speaking of Eli Wallach. Well, I was going to say Cameron Diaz feels like oh. the next obvious thing, but I mean, Cameron right. Diaz. Yeah. Let's go to Cameron the Diaz. Other, the other main lead. Um, Cameron Diaz is at least like an archetype that I know and love. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, she has, like, I think, like, a. She's sort of just normal rom-com. Right, well, I was going to say, like... She's too involved in her job. Yeah, as much as I hate, like, the dumb thing about how she can't cry and, like, that's her point, yeah. Like, I think she's a little bit... She has her shit together more Mm -hmm. than Kate Winslet does. Her problem is mostly just, I guess, that she has trouble... Committing, but like, does she up. though? Like, I think she, I, yeah, I think she's got like emotional hangups. Right, she does have emotional hangups, certainly. But I guess it's also, but like, contrarywise, your past boyfriend was like a real piece of shit. So it's not like yeah. you broke up because you can't commit to him. The he had is, an affair, and I know he's like kind of spinning it as be like, oh, you couldn't commit to me, so I had to have an affair right. with my secretary. But still, like, that's not the same. They could have set that up better if the if the boyfriend wasn't an asshole mm-hmm. and was just a really sensitive guy who like refused. Just gets tired of like want to talk about. Your emotions with me, right? And I, I don't. I never know how you're feeling, and it's really weird. And right, that could have been it, and it could have established that. Um, but yeah, like I, I relate more to her struggle, I guess. So which is why I'm like a little more on board with her story. I think of like, 
You yeah, too have, have scream sound. Yeah, I have a Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside. I do. Yes. I do do that, and I, and I have esophageal spasms. Yes. <laughs> Whenever you're trying to cry. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will she... also say though, I kind of felt like her. She has her story has for me the least in it. Yeah. Well, there's um, there's just a yeah. lot going on in Kate Winslet's because you've got Rufus Sewell and Jack Black and his girlfriend, and you've got Eli Wallach. Wallach. Yeah. And here it's just kind of like just Jude Law and yeah. the baggage that that entails. Yeah, and it's not. It's it's weird baggage, I guess. Right. Because again, it's he thinks it's about the kids, but she does for her. It's not about the kids at all. Right. I mean, the only thing, the only reason why like the kids are in there is again is so that Jude Law cannot conceivably say, "What if I moved to L.A.?" Or it's something? also a, it's also a cherry on the Sunday to be like, and he's a single dad and a wonderful single dad. Yeah. Right. I mean, like it's it's one of those like that. That's like the that's the, a penny dropper for right. I was gonna say that's like the, the peak male hotness in a way right. where it's yeah. like he's got two daughters, so you know he's a great father. So not yeah. only is he like fucking truly hot. so yeah. hot, like I yeah. think this was the hottest he ever was. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, um, potentially aggressively. Let's just talk about. Let's talk. Let's go to Jude Law. He's so fucking hot. Okay. Yeah. He's glasses like, on, glasses off, hot both great. Ways. Yeah, Mr. Napkinhead, no Mr. Napkinhead. <laughs> Either way, somehow I was undoing my pants during the entire scene. Somehow, perfectly tanned skin in yeah. the middle of <laughs> no an English winter, but there's never a sun. Yeah. <laughs> um, eyes so bright, hair looking amazing. Yeah. Just I was thinking about uh, I was googling it actually when we were yeah. recording, talking about houses earlier, uh, uh-huh. kitchens. But thinking about Gattaca because I remember that movie. Yeah. I, I wish it was worse so that we could do it on the podcast. I don't know that it's bad. I don't it's think not. that it is. But it's yeah. I love it. I love Gattaca. I love Gattaca. But there's a reason why he plays the sort of perfect yeah specimen male specimen. Yeah, because yeah, he is. Yeah, he's the one that Ethan Hawke uses as like gene examples yeah. because he's like crippled, so he's, he's useless to society now. But he was like a genetically perfect child. Um, so it's really something special. It's just and you know, what like what again, I mean, it's shitty writing, but he's so charming. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's also one of those things where, where it's like he keeps talking about like like oh like like the the terrible parts of his life where he's like I have to raise two children and I and I sew and I yeah. cook all the time and Cameron Diaz is like fanning herself basically like, yeah like taking her dress off it's, as he's saying all this. It's so funny how it's it it truly did read to me the most like uh, I mean not to be glib but like mom porn where it was just mm-hmm. like yeah. I'm a hot man who's also very domestic very sensitive I'm, my emotions yes. I'm, I cry right yes I'm not going to be emotionally cold to you yeah I'm very yeah. affectionate with my dog. Right, but I can also go out on the town. We can have fun. We can right. get drinks every now and then. He, like he, perfection. He, That's he, it. He truly feels like he stepped out of one of those. Um, remember, I saw this on Wheel of the Worst one time, but it's like one like those boyfriend videos. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I just feel like he he stepped out of one of those because yeah. he's just like, oh, I'm sorry, I was just putting my two adorable children. Together. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. To bake some muffins. Yeah. Would you yeah, like exactly. to have yeah. some wine while watching me bake? Yeah. With my shirt on. Yeah. So like, I got batter on my shirt. When he was saying that you sewed, I was like, you don't need to sew. Like, yeah. you can. Well, that's the you, same. You live in buy, London. Buy socks. Right. And he, again, he's got a cow. Why yeah. does he have a cow? Yeah, you don't need hey, to do all these. If right. your schedule is full, I think you can knock. I think off yeah, exactly. There, there are certain <laughs> things. There are certain changes you can make in your life right yeah. now. But yeah, I mean, like that—that that is the the things keeping them apart. It's weird that he is so hung up on like the domestic side of him as the thing that's keeping them apart. When like the thing that's keeping them apart is the fact that like she they lives live in, in other continents. Yeah, which is like yeah, that's all you need, frankly, right there. Like if you want it to be about like his relationship with his daughters and how he's afraid to have like well, a new woman come into his life, like I you can should, do that. I think that. there needs to be more than just the geographical distance. No, I agree. I'm not. I'm not yeah, saying that yeah. it should just be that. I'm like, saying that like. But also, yeah. you could. Kids really? are no kids. Like, they're both rich. They could both find ways to make their careers work. Yeah, exactly. Work. But, like, 
the there are two. He thinks the problem is the kids, but really the problem is her. And it's not. They don't really even talk about it enough. But her problem is that she can't emotionally commit to someone. Right. She, that is her problem, and like that that should have been the arc for the two of them. But I don't. It, it doesn't. Instead, it just sort of plays out on the surface as this kid's narrative, which it's not really. It's bizarre. And that's why that it kind of falls flat. Yeah. I was also like, you can't cut a trailer from London? Yeah, I was kind of wondering. I mean, I know we're yeah, in a different... Yeah, send the data. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, like, I know we're, we're a little bit in the future here, and I know work from home has become a different thing now, but, like, surely also, you could. Cameron Diaz, they make movies in England. Yeah, like, I know. It's like, not that hard. I, I feel like, like, between the I'm, two of them, if one of them had to commit to moving to another place, it should be I'm her. so sure the studios mm. she works with would love to have her for international releases. Yeah. Like, like, what's the issue here? Yeah, is it yeah. just that, like, she loves her big white house and doesn't want to get rid of it? Yeah, like, she has to make the international trailer that's, like, made for different languages. Yeah. Right. Like, slightly different scenes are chosen. That's right. right. You focus on, like, the comic relief yeah. sidekick aggressively. Yeah. Um, who else is Jack there? Black. Jack Black. Um, fine. I think he's underutilized. I, yes. I agree that he's under... I he's, think, a, he's a turned-down subdued Jack Black. Right, well, because he, sure. well, he's, like, a rom-com Jack Black. Yeah. Where he still is, like, recognizably Jack Black. He still has some recognizably Jack Blackie like and Trades. Right, or like the scene like we said in the Blockbuster where he's like singing movie scores. Yeah, where that's, that's where I said that's where they let him lose but they're like, give us 30% power. Right, where he, they like file the edges off of him a little yeah. bit where it's like, you can do it but like reel it in some. And so it's, you get a lot of him being like scroodly do. Scroodly clang, do. Clang, 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 clang. It's not how you sing Champions Trades of Fire at all. It's not a clang noise. <laughs> it's more like a plink. plink it would have been plink, a bump. Plink, yeah. bump, 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 bump. I mean like always like. Why would it be anything Right, else? I know, like, Except you're just you're, you're quirky. Um, you're, yeah. being, you're being Jack Black. I will say this as again. I'm not saying this movie is good, but Jack Black in this movie made me think, huh? There was another route for you here in rom coms that actually could have been pretty cool. He did a couple movies where he got to do some like genuine acting, though, didn't he? Oh no, it's not. It's not so much an issue that he doesn't get to act. Yeah. It, it's an issue that like I think he could have been. I'd love to have seen him as a as a leading yeah. as a leading man more often in rom com because yeah. again, poorly written, but I. Th- felt that he and Kate Winslet actually had really great chemistry. Like, he's a very, he's a surprisingly good, this is not who you think he's going to be in the rom-com universe, but right, he's a surprisingly right. good cinnamon roll. Yeah, yes. exactly, type. exactly. Gentle. Yeah. Just a sweet boy. Give him a big hug. Yeah, yeah. just nice sweet boy. Right, you know, I mean, like, that, that. that's it, right? He's very, like, he, he is, I, I don't want to say, like, the anti-Jude Law in the sense that, like, he is the bad things to Jude Law's good things, but, like, whereas Jude Law is sort of, like, more, like, sophisticated and, like, like classy Jack Black's a little more like Teddy average Baron. like yeah. right like easy to like sort of just like, I don't know like go to McDonald's with at two in the morning or something yeah yeah like that's 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 who he is and like both good options frankly right. I think like if the one thing the movie well there's a couple things I think it does well but one of the things I think it does well again we're presenting the dichotomy of like cozy cottage living versus like glamorous LA living it's like oh you also get like a fancy hot guy and like another like right. attractive in a different way but sort of more like well, like average but, An- but Nancy I almost said but Imagine. Nancy switched oh it up God. by having the the cozy boyfriend in LA and the classy boyfriend in England. I'm just saying, like, this is be like a, this is another insane like fix option that I don't have time to get into now. Except, like, what if there were more than two and now there's like three or four and they're all different countries? So Amazing. You, just, you have like the different. Now you have like the Spanish hot rich guy and his like Olé. Spanish mansion and like a Swiss one in a chalet. So I was just thinking, like, I love the idea. You, you have like you have like the opposite dichotomy of character traits. You throw them all in a hat and decide the words. Like this one is like fit. This one is yeah. like average. This one is is like this. Fat. 
bed is too soft. This bed is too hard. You're just like, we have a fit Spaniard and a cuddly Italian. I'm going to make the the holiday dating sim. Yes! You pick your mansion. There's like a Russian one who's like a stoic. So would this be like holiday match? Hard to melt one. The holiday. The holiday, yeah. Well, that's a movie. That is probably a movie. It is, with fucking Emma Roberts. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I and it's, saw it's that. a movie where they tried to tell you it's normal to have dates to things like Easter. Right, I do remember that now. <laughs> and St. Patrick's Day. Right, you should be right. Yeah, I know. If you show up single <laughs> to St. Patrick's Day, what will your family think? Yeah. And um, I guess Eli Wallach is that the only other character? Uh, so the thing about Eli Wallach is, when he was young. Movies were different. And better. Yes. They were just better. When he was young, audiences sat in a theater looking at the video of the train pulling into the station <laughs> and, and it ran off panics. It was all they ever wanted to see. <laughs> Nowadays, you need to have a CGI train attacking the station. <laughs> oh no, the train. <laughs> every time he opens its mouth, it's never, it's not like he is angry or anything, but it does feel like in spirit, it's old man kneels at cloud. No, it, it is very just sort of like crusty, like, ah, oh, boy. Like, it's not like dismissive rain. Remember room. when. It is aggressively like, boy, when I was young, that's when things were great. It's weird how things are always the best when you're young. Right. And never yeah. when someone else was. What is, what a weird comment to be like, there are more movies coming out now. That's bad. Why? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It does feel like it does feel like it's a weird mouthpiece for like some of Nancy Myers like classic old Hollywood yeah. release. But that is like so. It's bad. Normally we're making more movies. Yeah, normally like, we'd put out nine movies a year. Yeah. That was it. Now, it was now it's nine movies every big weekend. Studios controlled all. The movies. That's right. That's right. Well, honestly, then would he love the situation we're in now, <laughs> oh, yeah. where we have yeah. like yeah, which yeah. Is one Disney. handful of movies being released by like two companies every year? But you know what? There's no gumption in those pictures. There's no gumption no in those gumption. pictures. Yeah. No Irene Dunn. No. Nope. Why don't we? Why don't people cast Irene Dunn in things anymore? I love Irene. Hashtag done with him. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean, I guess he's cute. I think he's. I think Eli Wallach is like a very charming old man in this movie. I agree that like their friendship never really like the the, the, the closest. I think it. So much of their friendship is just kind of like him talking about things he's, the way they were. He's yeah. just a mouthpiece for right. Nancy Myers wanting to. And talk there about are it. moments that I think between them that are kind of cute. Like I like I like at the end when they go to the gala and everyone's like all happy to see him. I also actually genuinely liked the workout montage. Yeah, I like. I thought that was cute. I, I in theory I liked the scene of him and the other old guys like all having dinner together with them, which is like it could be a good scene. I don't think it's a great scene as is, but like. That that's there's something there. She had a great life. I was like, at least he's got friends. Right. It was really sad before that. No, it was right because, and I agree with you. Also, it feels like again like a different sort of character where it is does feel like this sort of sad, lonely old man who has no one you know to help him versus this guy who has a very healthy support system. Um. Yeah, I think that their friendship should have been more of a mutual growth arc, but it really isn't much of a growth arc because he just makes her watch movies and she just makes him work out. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. And then she just is like, "Movie was great," and he's like, "Wasn't it though?" He shows he shows her how much better those movies were. Yeah, and she becomes a better person. For it. If it was more of a visible, like him getting her to get the fuck over. Yeah. I mean, maybe it should have been like one movie so that you could draw parallels to it or something, you know? Because that way you could also just spend time focusing on that one movie Mm -hmm. and, like, again, drawing a parallel between Iris and Rufus Sewell and her own life. Yeah. But it's just sort of like, here's a list. Vice versa, like, his sort of like constant talking about the good old days is is like a way of him sort of like, what is the word I'm looking for? hiding himself from the modern world that's a little bit scary to him yeah. and maybe she's like trying to get him back like look it's not all we bad we can go it's see like, a movie yeah, and maybe it'll see. be okay yeah it won't be awful and like maybe you can like go and accept an award for all the good things you did and, like, right it's not you don't, you know you don't have to be like a shut in hiding in the 1950s yes, for, for, yes. <laughs> 
But that's all I have to say about that, really. Um, yeah. I don't think there's really anything else to say about characters. Did you want to do a looking to score at all? I mean, not really. It's Hans Zimmer, who Nancy uh, works with a lot lately. And so you do get, like, Yeah, a lot of that. And over. And, you know, you get the Arthur theme. He's a fruitily do. Um... So I guess we're getting into fixes now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. I guess I can start, but to be honest with you, I really couldn't put anything together. All right. I guess in my mind, I thought it might be improved if it wasn't a total swap, a swap between strangers. Like, it would be more interesting to me if maybe they were, like, old friends. Right. So, I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but can I say, like, it is very weird. Like, I don't think it's, like, an unsurmountable strange thing that they've never met prior to this. Like, I think there's a way you can do it and do it well. I don't think it really does. I think it's weird to me that, like, the first phone conversation, like, the first time they speak to each other is on a phone where Jude Law is on the other line. And, and they're, they're, they're doing telephone. Right, and immediately basically becomes a thing about like did Jude Law sleep with Cameron Diaz it's not like a conversation where the two of them get to know each other and then you have like a little bit where she's like where Cameron Diaz is looking at Kate Winslet's closet and is like oh cute dress so it's like they'd get well, along so you know they would that's what got me in this direction whereas I felt like there were there weren't that many but there was a handful of moments that I felt like the movie was trying to be like see they basically would be buddies right right um but I also think for the kind of emotional payoff they want us to feel it just makes more sense if they already knew each other um just because then that connection is already there and then you can already have this comedy of like, you've like slept with my brother? What the hell? Yeah. Um, I, in my mind, it, like Jude Law hasn't seen her since they were like kids and maybe doesn't even immediately recognize her when she's staying at Kate Winslet's house. And in my mind, I think maybe Cameron Diaz is like quick to see him as a cat because maybe that's what he was when he was younger. But obviously now he's done like a 180 into being like the perfect man ever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I found this movie, it, it was tough to feel like there was, I don't know, it's not like it can't be fixed, or there's not places where it should be, but it was hard to be like, well, what do I do with this mush? Mm-hmm. And I, I just, uh, beyond them, they should be friends, I wasn't sure. I just, I felt really lost <laughs> on that. <laughs> Girls should be friends. Yeah. You know what, guys? Girls should be friends. You want to go? Yeah, I've, oh, it's not gonna be. This is not gonna be much better. But I, <laughs> I, before I even watched this movie, um, I knew that I wanted my fix to be the Holiday Boys edition. Um, bring on the men, I say. Bring on the boys. Get the lads out. So yeah, <laughs> the holiday too. Get, get your lads out. out. Um, so yeah, I want to do like the the guys are the main characters, um, and I think one of them is pr- like a similar character to the Jude Law character. I think that it's like a single dad. Um, I kind of like the idea that they're, at least to the people that they're surrounding themselves with when they, when they transfer, like a stranger. Um, I agree that there's like a, it's maybe a little weird. So I had maybe that they're like either college friends and that they don't have, they've not like visited each other since college or like they're online friends and they like Zoom or like college other odd or they like play games together. And like maybe they, you know, the, the guy, one of the guys that's like not the dad has like talked to the kids before or like mm-hmm. played games with the kids or whatever, but they don't like they met really more than once or twice. Um, and they're just both happen to be in places where it's like, I cannot be here uh, <laughs> for the holidays. And in particular, like the, the, the non dad is like, you know, you need to like get, it's been like two years or whatever since the wife's died. Like you need to like get some time away. Like, let me like, I can take care of the kids. Um, Because I guess it would still need to be in a position where he feels comfortable surrendering his children to this other guy. Which which is an ask. Yeah, which is an ask. And maybe maybe you get around that, like, maybe he's, like, a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he knows there's, like, some credibility. Right, he's good with kids. Guy knows how to deal with kids. Um, I think I kind of want the other one to be, like, 
like a like a the kind of playboy that exists in dating games where there's like where he's not like a cad but mm. there's like a reason that he just doesn't commit or yeah. like there's like but like kind of outwardly like visibly when you first meet him like this kind of guy that is just kind of not committing to anyone mm-hmm. and isn't like leading women on or anything but is like hey I'm just like casual or whatever right. I'm here for a relationship or whatever um, and I want the other one to be this this I want him to pretty much be Jude Law but done the way that I think he should have been done where he's like refusing to uh, engage with a relationship um, and just kind of like blanketly using his children as an excuse. I think his kids are also kind of done with that. Mm-hmm. Like, they're... One of them, at least, is probably old enough that they're like, Dad, come on. <laughs> I don't care. Like, it's your problem, not mine. Um, that you're... And I... I well, there, he needs to have, like, I don't know, maybe, like, one boy, one girl, because... I don't know, the two girls... They, I, I just hated those twee girls. They needed to... They needed to with eyes that were, like, yeah. 50% larger than regular yeah. humans. If they're both girls, then one of them needs to be, like... And you know, one of them needs to be that punk, a little different the punk girl yeah. <laughs> who's doing it not to a adult. I don't like Mister Napkinheads. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Mister Napkinheads. Yeah, no, I think I would like to you, Mister Napkinheads. The girls to be a little older, or at least like not not twee. so twee. Yeah, like like. I mean, they lay it on, per- they lay it on thick with the girls. I don't want the precocious movie children, but I want them to be like cynical and Gen Z esque, like of like. We're not here for for funny jokes, right? Like we're yeah, we're gonna be go play Pokemon in the other. We're room. not here for your milk toast bullshit. Milk toast bullshit. I don't really have a good arc though for the Playboy one. I think that the other one meets. Yeah, I think the single dad meets the other guy's like sister or cousin or something. Mm-hmm. Try yeah again tries to use this like excuse or whatever that he that he has kids or whatever. Um, but they're farther away. They're not there, so we can't. It's like harder for him to like sell that as a reason or whatever. Um, and I think that the Playboy... No, actually, no, maybe the Playboy should be the one that meets, like, the dad's sister, right? That would be and has a, a spicy a spicy union. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I haven't really figured out a good arc yet. But that's, you know, I think it's a good starting point. And I have promise. Um, come at me. From, from executives? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, if you also want me to write a movie about a dog, I can do that. Sweet. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> Just like my, my desperate pitch to the but, but, but do, how do you feel about dogs? Yeah. If you want a dog picture? I can write whatever you, you, can you feel do. about that. Dog. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess for mine, um, I, I kind of had a similar thing with Chris where it is kind of, I think it, it's rough that they don't know each other. And what I think it is for as to how they should know each other is I think that they both work at the same large entertainment conglomerate company and they can still both work from London and LA, but it's kind of like, it's one of those like large octopus companies sure. with tentacles throughout the globe. A Conte Ness. Right. They are at like some sort of trade show or whatever, some like industry event in New York City shortly before Christmas. And like they're both having a really rough time of things because Cameron Diaz just broke up with her awful boyfriend who she couldn't emotionally commit to. Kate Winslet finally gave um, Rufus Sewell the heave-ho shortly before this and is like, fucking done with your bullshit. Please don't show up for the next two hours and 12 minutes of this movie. And the two of them are like, they know each other kind of as co-workers, but they're not especially close. So I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, like we've, we've slacked together. Like we're aware the other one exists. We don't really know each other. And they just sort of like mm-hmm. one night at a bar at the event, just like take to each other and just like both start commiserating forever. And Cameron Diaz is like, yeah, I can't believe I have to fucking go back to LA. It's going to be miserable there. Like I really don't want to. And Kate Winslet's like, how do you think I feel? I have to go back to like this cottage by myself and there's like but what if we just swap tickets like why don't you just go stay in my place and I'll go stay in your place we'll swap back after the holidays it'll be like a good vacation we could both use this and they're like great let's do that and so you have them switch that way I think also the thing with Jude Law's character 
is that he you don't get the sort of weird fake out that you do in this movie where he shows up and you're like oh like he's such a smooth playboy like he goes out partying all nights where he is like always this guy who is like aggressively a father who used to be kind of like this mm-hmm. like sort of cad playboy guy and now it was like then he got married and he had kids that part of my personality is like gone and now it's like that he finds himself a single father again it's just sort of like who am I anymore at this point yeah. it's like I know I have to be dad I used to be this one thing years ago I can't daddy. be this one yeah I, I, I am daddy. daddy I can't be this one thing again anymore so like maybe Cameron Diaz's whole thing is like trying to like have a connection with him helping him figure out what his deal is and how they relate to each other I think Kate Winslet and Jack Black's is fine I think the thing with Kate Winslet also is that because she works in the movie industry somewhat tangentially but I think she's in a much lower position than Cameron Diaz is it's her kind of getting into this a little bit more and her kind of getting more of a feel for realizing that like she wants to move up in this company like maybe she just started there as kind of like an intern almost like after being let go from another job yeah and kind of like talking to Jack Black and Eli Wallach or people who sort of like make her think like oh maybe this actually like is a career for me maybe this is something I could actually get into and not just something that I'm kind of doing right now mm-hmm. and I think I kind of want to use the movie trailer thing that this movie does more consistently <laughs> more. through it right because I think I want it to be that like they'll be seeing various movie trailers for like various events where they're the main character and like they're different genres of trailers like sometimes it'll be like it's like when they have the meet cute it's like Cameron Diaz like Cameron Diaz meets Jude Law in the meet cute <laughs> versus like one of the like it'll be like you know a tragedy or a romance or a comedy or something depending on what the scenario is yeah. I think at the end also Kate Winslet has to commit to staying in LA I think that's kind of the decision that she would come to because she realizes that like she has like she's made a, like a family for herself out there Where, whereas before it's just Jude Law well and also as the movie as it is right now is just sort of like I don't know yeah well see that's the thing I kind of like the idea that she would commit to being with Jack Black like she would be the one who's like you know what I think this can work let's make it work or on the other hand you'd have Cameron Diaz and Jude Law being like I don't know, let's try it and see what happens. Like, I kind of like the idea that one ends on, like, a more ambiguous note where it's like, we'd like this to work, yeah. don't know how it'll work, we'll try to make it work. And the other one is like, nope, definitely going to relocate, I'm going to commit to this. Yeah. So that's what I got. Awesome. I mean, and now for the final question, would we recommend it? You have to know what it is. Is what I would say. Like, I, I I would not recommend this to just anyone. I would recommend right. this to someone who, like, knows what Nancy Meyer's shtick is. Yeah. If, they, if I think they would like... Lee, I would not have recommended this movie to you, I think, honestly, yeah. going into you it. You did. Did I? I well, mean, you like, told me I should watch it, at least. I probably did. Last some, year. Yeah. Or I, whatever. I mean, I, I get it, because it's similar. I think I probably... W- I mean... There's I, a version will, of this. What, what I will say about it is that it's the kind of movie that, even though I don't... There's a lot I don't like about it. It's the kind of easy watch that I don't right. mind sitting through. Exactly. It's similar to Love Actually for me in that sense, where it's like yeah. another Christmas movie you can put on and not really pay attention or not really focus on like the dumb shit that's happening in it. And just kind of like, you know, let the vibes fall over you, like getting into a warm bath or being stabbed to death. You can just kind of let it happen. <laughs> if um, Especially being stabbed to death. Yes. Um, I feel like if you are in the market for some good old-fashioned holiday trash... This is perfect. This is for it. That. Yeah. This is this is, this is exactly that. what you are looking for. Yeah. I would say in literally every other scenario, no, not really. You know, like <laughs> yeah. at least for me, um, outside of Christmas trash, there's no reason to watch this. No, I mean this. This is a movie I will continue to watch at Christmas time for the foreseeable future. I mean, this is just how it is. Again, I watch a lot of Christmas trash. Jude Law, the, the Christmas hunk. Jude Law is daddy. 
Jude Law Daddy. I might have to rewatch Christmas by Starlight. I think that's going to become part of it. Did I tell you the Rich and I rewatched that like last week? Did you? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It works well. Holds up. What can I say? It was fun. Surprisingly holds up. It's not one you think is going to stick with you, but there's a lot to like. Good performance. So while we can't recommend this, we can recommend Christmas by Starlight. Yeah, watch Hallmark's Christmas by Starlight. One of the, I think, better. Yeah, it is literally two weeks to notice but Christmas. And it also has, I think, like the most chemistry a Hallmark couple has ever had and like the most interesting characters that have ever been. Leads of a Hallmark didn't movie. Didn't they also like give the gay character like a personality? Yeah, yeah, there's a gay character who has a husband and like pops up every now and then and isn't yeah. just sort of like this weird shrieking <gasps> stereotype. Yeah. I love the bit where they're like, you didn't get dinner? Like it's it's dinner party. It's in the name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my favorite suit of the movie. Like actual jokes in the movie. There are actual jokes it's in the movie. Yes. A three dollar play dinner. That's in the name. <laughs> But yeah, watch Christmas by Starlight. Yeah, good movie. <laughs> and then um, watch this. Watch Christmas by Starlight. Yeah. And then uh, once you do, come back at us. Come back at us. Yeah. In, in two weeks. Two weeks we'll for the closing of the year. year. Yep, the year in review. We're gonna talk about you know what was the best, what was the worst, what was the most delicious drink, what was your least favorite drink, all that good stuff we just talk about. Talk about the uh, our upcoming slate for the next year. Yeah, that'll yeah. be exciting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I guess happy holidays to everyone. Yeah. Uh, 2001 yeah. kind of turned out to be more of a sequel to 2020. But yeah, who have seen it happen? This is, <laughs> this has been an enjoyable one, and yeah, we'll see. Well, uh, you'll hear it from us again in two weeks. Yep. Bye. 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 Bye.